From the beautiful city of Hollywood, we bring you Film Forward, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Hey, welcome to Film Forward, everybody, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. I want to give you a little peek behind the curtain when it comes to programming LADFF. Oftentimes, the judges and I, we're watching several films a day, sometimes dozens of films a week, and it can get a little overwhelming, especially as the due date is getting closer and I start getting lost in the themes of the programs and how this short's going to fit in with this other short. Despite having a plethora of great work to choose from, I start kind of questioning my merit as a programmer. But inevitably, every year, there's a few shorts that come along that I call the glue. Films that I, once I watch them, I just know they're automatic ins and they bridge other films that I did not realize had comparable DNA. Me Night was one of those films this year. So today we are stoked to be joined by Ana Salinas, that film's director, and Lauren Canuti, that film's co-writer and star. You're going to see that film with us on Saturday, September 3rd. But for now, you can sit back and listen to these two amazing artists discuss their craft. All right, everybody. We are very happy to welcome to the show writer, producer, and star of Me Night, Lauren Canuti, and director, Ana Salinas. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, Me Night, I love this film. I love this script. It's loaded with so many uncomfortable truths, <laughs> and it's uh, there's seemingly like a joke every 10 seconds. Lauren, I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about your writing process in general, and then how that process translated into writing this film, Me Night. Yeah, so I have to first and foremost shout out Rachel Van Ness. We co-wrote this together, and it would be nothing without her comedic sensibilities. We actually, Anna, Rachel, and I all met at Upright Citizens Brigade, UCB Comedy Theater, and Rachel and I were on a Herald team together, an improv team, so our writing process was very much talking about truth and heart, and then also improvising a lot of jokes, but it definitely, our process, we really started from a place of truth, the truth being that I don't like to be alone with myself for even five minutes, and kind of exploring that and making sure that the heart of it, the meat of it was all based in reality. And then when it came to the the pitching jokes and stuff, we just really did a lot of, you know, improvising. Yeah. I mean, I think that was like such a fun part about coming on to this. The script was so funny already. And so, so much my cup of tea, like not only relatable, but just very much the stuff I find funny. So that was a very exciting thing. Yeah, Anna, I wanted to say I went on your uh, Instagram page and I saw uh, all, all of your cartoons, a lot of which I found connected to Me Nice. And I kind of just like went down a rabbit hole and I was like laughing my ass off. And then I had to stop myself because I actually had to prep this episode. <laughs> but uh, I, I intend to, to mm-hmm. go back and continue laughing at them. You two, you said you met at UCB. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about what UCB is like for both of you and just like how improv kind of morphed your creative approaches. Well, I am so grateful, I guess, that I sort of like stumbled into UCB as a 23-year-old new to LA eight billion years ago. <laughs> you know, I think 
LA can be a very isolating place and it can feel hard to find people who are like at your level, which when I started UCB was like at the ground floor mm-hmm. and are eager and excited to make stuff with you. And UCB, for all its flaws, is like a theater with its own politics and stuff. But sure. UCB, the community really provides that. Lauren and I were on a Herald team together, which is like an improv team. So we have known each other for a while, performed with each other. And it also gives you this hack, I think, when you're pitching and on set and also doing like punch-ups and stuff. You know, improv really is just like the act of practicing pitching. Mm -hmm. So that is such a superpower, I think, when you are making comedies and filmmaking and stuff. I'm just so grateful that I just, because it really was chance. (laughs) I was like, New to LA, I knew I wanted to like do some acting and writing, but really did not have any concept of what that would mean, did not go to film school or anything. And I was like, well, I'll either take an acting class or an improv class, real 50-50. And then my roommate (laughs) was just like, maybe you should do the improv thing. My friend from college is doing it and likes it. And I was like, okay. And then I immediately fell in love. And got obsessed and like way too obsessed. That part is the maybe not so old part. Uh, you know, I was going to shows like every night for years, mm-hmm. but I would not have done it any other way because I now have collaborators like Lauren. So it, it worked out. Yeah. I started doing comedy in Austin and had heard about UCB and really wanted to, to try it out and kind of moved to LA to take classes there, which is, is just wild, but, um, it's a great place to feel supported. And it reminds you that you can, there are no such things as mistakes. It's so cool. I'm a very collaborative person and improv is the ultimate team sport. Mm -hmm. Improv and sketch comedy made me a better actor and writer and person. And what Anna said, so many of my closest friends and collaborators are people I met through there and the comedy scene at large wouldn't trade it for the world even though it is cult adjacent you heard it here first <laughs> yeah it is they all are all, they all, they all are i think when you're young and a creative you kind of need to find that community whether it be the improv community the comedy community i got into rocky horror when i was like in my in my early 20s yes. and i was like Hell i was doing yeah. that every week and you kind of mm-hmm. just need to find that outlet that people that are just like, hey, you're weird also. Let's be friends. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's amazing. And then you met each other and now you have this incredible film. Thank you. With me, Night, you've got a lot that you accomplish in this short runtime. Both mm-hmm. you take the audience on a journey, but there's also a lot of technical stuff going on because, Lauren, you're essentially acting against yourself here mm-hmm. and you accomplish that wonderfully, but there's also like, this technical aspect that has to be accomplished. And I just want to kind of talk to both of you about like, Anna, let's talk first about how you were able to approach some of these shots where Lauren is kind of acting against herself. That was definitely the biggest challenge logistically because, you know, we we shot that in pretty much the same way these like (laughs) twin scenes have been shot for a very long time, which is we did essentially a split screen and then just have to match, you know, the camera exactly to be able to do that. And then also used a body double in a wig that uh, (laughs) Lauren 
managed to procure that was very nice and high quality and looked exactly like her hair. So that in itself is tricky and something else to think about. But what also presented a logistical, I guess, hurdle was because we only had two days to shoot this, which is not a lot of time for a 10-page script, we had to order things in the quickest way, which sometimes meant resetting Lauren between the looks, like between her and her and herself, which was like a makeup reset and a costume reset in the interest of keeping the camera the same way, in the same position, like the exact same position, which is sort of counter to what you do normally. Normally it's like, oh, we want to keep our actor in the same costume and makeup so we don't have to like keep resetting. So there was a lot of that going back and forth. And in a way it made it like shooting a 20 page script because we have to shoot, you know, both sides to a lot of the scenes where we couldn't use a double or we needed her face. You know, we were moving as you do on any shoot for the first, like maybe half of day one, a little more slowly, like a little more comfortably getting our footing And then once sort of like we neared the end of day two, I had this moment of just like, oh, wow, we need to start moving really quickly (laughs) if we're going to finish all this, which we did. And, you know, thankfully we had an amazing DP, our friend Anthony, who Lauren brought on board and he was just so quick. And we did a test shoot of the whole film, just making sure everything looked good with uh, what we were thinking with her being doubled. And that was huge. So we kind of had a a very specific roadmap. I do think is just a great thing on any short film. I think from now on, I'll always do a test shoot to that degree. But I mean, he like edited the test shoot. Anthony Cottesbody is the the star of our shoot. I hope that this, Mm -hmm. he's done so many great things and works all the time. He lives in Columbus, Ohio. But I hope if this shoot could get him, this short could get him any paid work, boy, does he deserve it because he was just such a good DP and such a good editor and he made magic. I wonder if he would agree, but I do think it's because he comes from the commercial world Mm. where just all the DPs I've worked with who come from commercials are so good (laughs) because they end up doing so many things themselves and like editing their own stuff and coloring their own stuff. So he was really able to wear 50 million hats. Yeah, Yeah. he really Um, played a a producerial role too in post, I'd say. I mean, he just like, his notes were great. Yeah. He's, I, I can't sing Anthony's praises enough. Yeah. With the commercial world also, you kind of have to do all of that prep and planning and board everything because like the client wants, I AD commercials. So it's like, we everything has to be like prepped and planned and kind of like approved. So you have to go in, obviously things change on set yes. when shit hits the fan, but it's always good to kind of go in knowing what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're doing something as technical as you guys are doing. Yes. 100%. It's funny because when Rachel and I first started talking about wanting to make a short, we were like, let's do the easiest thing possible. Let's keep it really simple. <laughs> you know, it'll just be one actor. We'll shoot it at my house. Like, let's just do this easily. <laughs> And then it ended up being so technically complex. Yes. And we also worked with a great production designer, mm-hmm. Zane Stein, who transformed Lauren's house yeah. and like built a whole wall to put against one of the walls that had wallpaper or it was like wood paneling. Yeah. He built um, an entire make- fake wall. It was crazy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. To really make that house feel textured and, and uh, colorful. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys pulled it off so well, in fact, that when I reached out to your team 
about being on this podcast, I was like looking up who to reach out to. And I had to check. I was like, let me just make sure that there weren't twins playing uh, this role. So Lauren, let's talk about that a little bit. What was it like for you playing multiple versions of the same character? I guess because the characters are both me, you know, it, Mm -hmm. it wasn't so much of a stretch. It's like, both of those characters really exist inside of me, sort of always. So not a huge stretch, but our body double was our friend Mia. She's such a good actor. So that was huge. Having a really good actor to be opposite, game changer. I will say just on that, like that was the most thankless role on set, Mm -hmm. knowing that her face would not be in the film and still showing up for, you know, just about every scene and actually acting and like actually really going for it and acting her ass off. And it was amazing. Like she was incredible. Yeah. That made such a difference. You have one line that just makes me laugh every time you've got like that board of conspiracy theories about how everybody's (laughs) referring to you and and you say, maybe they're laughing at me. God (laughs) damn it. They're laughing at me. I've never had that conversation with myself. (laughs) You guys also just played at another festival. What is it like kind of seeing the film once it's all completed up on the big screen and kind of like with the audience reacting and everything like that? Because a lot of people think, you know, short films are so easy to make and that they don't take years of, (laughs) you know, pre-production and writing and and, and Mm -hmm. production and post also, but they do take years oftentimes to make. So what was it like to finally see it with a crowd? So nice. We've done a few fests now and it's so, so rewarding. And hearing how many laughs, because from the beginning, we wanted to make a comedy. We wanted to make sure we had about a laugh every 10 seconds. And (laughs) it's nice to get to like see that working. Um, And especially, you know, with a live, with with a live audience, you get, there's just more laughter. So there are people reacting to stuff that we didn't even necessarily include in our every 10 seconds per laugh count. So it's just so <laughs> being around a bunch of other filmmakers who are doing the same thing. It's, it's like that same kind of early UCB feeling. It's just so nice to be in it with people and to feel connected. And I do have to say in that sort of sequence where there's a bunch of Lauren's, like all her different selves, so much of that was improv or like just Lauren and Rachel had like come up with some alts to have on the day of. And there were so many great jokes that we just did not have time for in the interest of like keeping things paced up. But man, I was truly losing my shit at how funny that was. She was just like going off. That's the best feeling when you have too much. <laughs> yeah. The best feeling in my entire life was being on set and improvising and then making the crew laugh and then having Anna yell at the crew to not laugh because they bust the take. I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm the funniest person alive. We, we did it. I can die. <laughs> it's like you want everyone to laugh, but it's like, guys, wait, no. <laughs> you don't want to mess up the take. Yeah. It's working, but we're behind. <laughs> Well, I love the film so much. I think it's really impressive and congratulations. And we're, we're very, very happy to have it be a part of the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. We're so Thank excited so to much. play. Yeah. And everybody at home can come and see Me Night with LADFF Saturday, September 22nd as a part of the Women Under the Influence block. 
and tickets are on sale right now at LADSF.com. So come see it. We are going to take a quick break, everybody. And when we return, Lauren and Anna are going to help us out with our favorite segment. Give me three. We'd like to take a minute to talk about LADFF sponsor E-Minutes. E-Minutes is a corporate entertainment law firm that handles the corporate minutes for more than 38,000 entities involved in the entertainment industry. Like last year, they're sponsoring an award with the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival called the Emerging Filmmaker Award. You can learn more about our partnership with E-Minutes Arts and their mission to amplify the voices of underrepresented storytellers at eminutes.com forward slash arts. That's eminutes.com forward slash arts. All right, we're back, everybody, with Film Forward. And this is Lauren Canuti and Ana Salinas, their film, Me Night, screening with LADFF on Saturday, September 22nd. But right now, they're going to give us three films that have inspired them, films they love, and hopefully you love them too if you haven't seen them. So ladies, let's get your first one. I think uh, the first one would be Mean Girls, the wonderful comedy starring Lindsay Lohan. I mean, I can't fully speak for Lauren, but I definitely think there were some uh, connections between Regina George, the villain, and Lauren's portrayal of her inner self, just like very bubbly and cute, but has this wicked dark side. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> There's like a scene in Mean Girls where they like become animals in like the jungle or whatever. And it, it it's like a little a bit of a surreal moment. And I do think that there is a parallel between that and sort of what we were going for at the climax of our film. Absolutely. When things really hit the fan. Yeah, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. Mean Girls this is a great movie. I guess they're making a they're making a musical Mean Girls musical. It's already out, and the music is great. Revenge Party. And they're making a movie of the musical. Yeah, a movie of the musical. Yeah. Wow. Real crazy IP on IP on IP. But you know what? I support it. Way to go, Tina Fey. Yeah. She's amazing. Excellent first choice, ladies. Okay. I'll let Lauren take it. We'll stay in that same sort of zone. The next film that is sort of of this world and inspiring to us is Clueless. A classic. We definitely mm. were looking at Clueless when we were thinking about like wardrobe inspiration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in general. We wanted the inner demon to be this this trope of like the, the perfect, popular, pretty girl at school. So we pulled a lot from Clueless too. A film like Clueless took the idea of a chick flick and just kind of like like held it up a little bit because I think chick flicks are these like female comedies that are dismissed or whatever as like not fully real comedies but Clueless is like fucking hilarious oh it's so um so it's nice yeah it's very yeah sincere at its core yeah while still be feeling very feminine and very much holds up I just watched it rewatched it earlier this year and I was like this movie still is firing on all cylinders it's so good yes one of my wife's favorites also. Excellent second choice. If you haven't seen it, for the love of God, check it out. Ooh. Yeah, what are you waiting for? Okay, and our final one is Parent Trap. Yeah, and specifically the Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap. So kudos to yes. her for showing up on this list twice. 
this is the yeah. first ever Give Me Three where we have had two Lindsay Lohan films in the same three. I'm not upset about it at all. Yeah, oh, we yeah. should have made our third one like Herbie Fully Loaded. Just <laughs> You wouldn't think, but that Herbie fully loaded production design really impacted us. <laughs> Just seeing her doubled like that, it, it, I think it is somewhat influential. Just as we were like imagining what it would take to sort of put Lauren in the same frame. Use their trick, that body double. Erin Mackey, I think is her name. I looked at the other day. Um, yeah, like she's an excellent actor. She could have been the next Lindsay Lohan and they really needed her. Yeah. So we love Parenthood. Three amazing films, two starring Lindsay Lohan, great companion pieces, two Me Night, which is another amazing film that everybody can come see with us on September 22nd at the Los Angeles Diversity Film Festival. Lauren and Anna, thank you so much for doing this and we are so grateful for your film and we look forward to, uh, to meeting y'all in person. Thank you you all for listening to Film Forward. We'll see you in September and we'll catch you next time. Our recording engineer and mixer is Anselm Kennedy. The podcast is produced by Anselm, Sonia Maru, and yours truly. Thanks for joining us on Film Forward and you'll hear us next time.